I'm Karen Morgan, and this is the Purple Bike Podcast. Hey, everybody, it's time to talk about 1982, which was the year I graduated from high school. I think in our lives, the first two years that we remember the most are the year we were born and then the year that we graduated from high school, because most people have those two events in their lives. I graduated with a class of only 24 people, and most of us went to school all the way from kindergarten until we graduated. I still remember some people's phone numbers, so it was a really close, tight-knit class. At some point during our senior year, someone said, hey, we need to have a class slogan. And then somebody suggested this one. We smoke pot. We sniff glue. We're the class of 82. Nothing could be further from the truth about our little college preparatory academy class. But because it made all of us laugh very hard, we kept that slogan. Fashion in 1982 was still kind of embarrassing. We were still preppy, but the 80s fashions of bright colors and big shoulder pads were really kicking in. Jane Fonda's workout also came out in 1982, and it went on to sell 17 million copies in three years. I still own my VHS tape of it. It inspired one of the most embarrassing clothing trends that we had in 82, and that was leg warmers. We wore leg warmers with tights. We wore leg warmers with shorts. Leg warmers over your jeans. Just, ugh. But they kind of went along with our embarrassing hairstyles that were done with a lot of hairspray and just big, big, big hair. We had some great songs in 1982. The number one song that year was Physical by Olivia Newton-John, which we kind of talked about the last episode. The Go-Go's were very big with my high school class. Soft Cell with Tainted Love. And we had Minute Work. They were awesome. Then we had Everybody's Favorite Phone Number Song by Tommy Two-Tone. And then we had the band with a song that I kind of think defined 80s music, Flock of Seagulls. That guy's hair, what could be more 80s and more awful and more embarrassing than that guy's hair? We had a lot of really good movies in 1982. The most popular one that year was E.T. About a sweet little alien whose finger glows in the dark, and we all cried, and then we all went straight to the store and bought a bunch of Reese's Pieces. I always thought that Reese's Pieces came out the same year as E.T., but it turns out they had actually been introduced in 1978. Reese's Pieces were originally called PBs, which is maybe why I didn't know about them until E.T. came out. Then they later changed it to Reese's Pieces. Steven Spielberg originally wanted to use M&Ms in the movie E.T., but the Mars company didn't want to do the product spot, and Hershey's said yes. 
after ET, Reese's Pieces sales increased by 60%. Whoops, sorry M&Ms, you missed your opportunity there. I personally am a more traditional Reese's peanut butter cup fan. I keep them in the freezer and I hide them in Ziploc bags that say vegetables on the outside so that no one knows that that's my candy. Other movies in 1982 were Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman, Officer and a Gentleman with Richard Gere, Swoon. There was Blade Runner with Harrison Ford, which was very cool. There was Poltergeist, which I didn't see because it was about a possessed television set or a haunted TV set. I don't know. I didn't want to watch it. I like TV. I didn't want to be scared. And who could forget Piranha 2, The Spawning? A super breed of killer fish that can swim, fly, and attack at any time. Okay, I didn't see Piranha 2, The Spawning, but I just like saying Piranha 2, The Spawning. We also had Diner which was a great movie that had Mickey Rourke and Kevin Bacon and my friend Paul Reiser in it. There was Grease 2, which everybody hated, except me, apparently. I loved it. I thought it was great. But it came out on the same day as E.T., so how was that going to do well? Come on. And, of course, we had Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which was awesome. This guy's been stumped since the third grade. Yes? Yeah, I'm registered in this class. What class? This is U.S. history. See the globe right there. Really? Hey. May I come in? Oh, please. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance bell ring and all my kids are not here. Sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. Yeah, I know that, dude. Mr. Spicoli. That's the name they gave me. You're ripping my car. Yeah. Hey, bud, what's your problem? No problem at all. I think you know where the front office is. You dick! Fast Times at Ridgemont High came out the same day as Officer and a Gentleman, but I don't think the target demographics were exactly the same, so both movies did quite well that summer. We had some pretty good TV shows back in 1982. Late Night with David Letterman came out. His first guest was Bill Murray. We also had Cheers. Cheers debuted in 1982. It went on to have 11 more seasons after that. I loved Cheers. My favorite character was Cliff Clavin, who was played by John Ratzenberger. He originally was not supposed to be an ongoing character, but to me, he was one of my favorite guys on the whole show, so I'm glad he stayed. My other favorite sitcom that debuted in 82 was Newhart with Bob Newhart. My favorite character on Newhart was Larry, who had a brother named Daryl and another brother named Daryl. And 1982 was the year that ESPN College football began. Yay! So in my senior year of high school, I was a cheerleader in the fall. I played basketball in the winter. And then in the spring, I played tennis. And I also played softball. There were days that I would have to run from the tennis courts up to the softball field with my glove. When you go to a very small school, you have to play every sport or you don't have a team. So the summer after graduation, I got a job working in the tennis office at the University of Georgia. 
I worked for Coach Dan McGill, who is the greatest bulldog of all times. Now, Coach McGill was the sports information director at Georgia for 50 years, and he was the head tennis coach for 34 years. Coach McGill is still the all-time winningest coach in the history of NCAA Division I tennis. Coach McGill came into the office every day and would say to me, it's a great day to be a bulldog, and he meant every word. In the office during the summertime, I worked with Coach McGill and the wonderful Vivian Nickerson. We ran the tennis camps. We ran the tennis tournaments. We kept the office going. I put stamps on letters. I made copies. I answered the phone. I also helped coach at the tennis courts. But my most important job was driving to Ad Drugstore to get lunch for Coach McGill. He loved chocolate malted milkshakes and grilled pimento cheese sandwiches. And he always wanted these little candies called coffee nips. These little like, I don't know, they're like little hard, hard caramels, but they taste like coffee. He always had them in his pocket. And I will never have a coffee nip and not think of Coach McGill. One summer, Kenny Rogers, the singer, came to play tennis with Coach on the courts. Now, Coach and Kenny Rogers became good buddies. And one afternoon, Kenny Rogers left and Coach McGill said, Come here, Karen. I just want you to know I've been telling Kenny Rogers all about our plans for the National Tennis Hall of Fame building. And Coach McGill had been telling me about this all summer. And when Kenny Rogers left, Coach McGill says to me, Kenny Rogers has no idea that he is about to pay for the entire building. It's a great day to be a bulldog. Coach McGill was a great man. He was wonderful to work for, and he is indeed missed at the University of Georgia. Here is Coach McGill reading a poem that he wrote before the Georgia-Florida game in 1980. This is entitled, Onward Christian Bulldogs. Lord, your Georgia Bulldog people are hunkered down on the banks of the St. John's here in Jacksonville on the morning of the ninth battle of the campaign of 1980. In case you've overlooked it, Lord, we've won all the other battles, and please don't think us greedy and wanting to win them all. We covet only what every school covets, the National Collegiate Football Championship. You let us come close to it in 1927, 42, 46, and 71. You may not remember it, Lord, but we do. Lord, we wish to call your attention to a couple of facts. Your devoted disciple, St. Vincent the Merciful, has never had us on NCAA probation. He has been a good boy. He has sacrificed part of his hair. He has even sacrificed his wife Barbara's spleen to our noble cause. And I believe he would sacrifice even more, perhaps her hair, if need be. Lord, we know you move in mysterious ways. We know that after Coach Dooley banged his head against the windshield in his car wreck, that our offensive strategy greatly improved the very next game. And Lord, we pray that you don't let these Florida Philistines do unto us today what we have done unto them so many times. Let us do it unto them just one more time. Lord, you have stripped us of the presidency when you want a big one for the Gipple. Now your Georgia Bulldog people have a dream, a dream of being number one in the land. We want you with us today. Oh Lord, let our dream come true. Free our people. Let number one ring throughout our land from Lucy Wissy Westwood to Tallapoosa, from Hiawassee down to Hey How. Let number one ring. And Lord, if you let all these things come to pass, we promise to be as humble as Herschel. Well, we ended up beating Florida that year and everybody else, including Notre Dame, to win the national championship. Thanks, Coach.
So in addition to working at the tennis courts with Coach McGill, I also worked as a lifeguard that summer. And I continued to be a lifeguard throughout college every summer. Now, back then, we didn't wear sunscreen. In fact, we did everything humanly possible to suck melanoma from the sun into our bodies. We put iodine in baby oil. We laid out on aluminum foil. The only sunscreen we ever had at the pool was zinc oxide, and we only used that to write dirty words on our skin so we could have permanent profanity in our tans. We also put sun in in our hair. Sun in came in an orange squirt bottle, which should have been a little clue because the color of orange on the outside of the sun in bottle was the color that our hair turned. But we didn't care. We were 18 years old. We were graduating from high school. And we were getting ready to go off to college. So 1982 was a pretty awesome year. Join me next time when we talk about 1983. We had a new Star Wars movie. We also had National Lampoon's Vacation. A lot of Michael Jackson. And a whole lot of very big hair. Thanks for listening, y'all. Have a great day.